This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. This week's guest is... Jillian Jarvis is a four-year NCAA athlete, seven-time NCAA All-American, and she's also an alum of the U.S. ski team. After retiring from ski racing in 2009, she co-founded a nonprofit organization called Z-Girls with fellow U.S. ski team alumni. And half the people on this podcast are all U.S. ski teamers, and I'm a ski racer, and it's great to talk about this stuff. But anyways, you don't have to listen if you don't like skiers. So, but this started, they started Z Girls because they saw the essential need for confidence building and mentorship for little girls in sports. Z Girls launched in 2012 and has served over a thousand girls with 40,000 mentorship hours invested. They host programs with professional athletes like Sue Bird, Lindsey Vaughn, Ashley Wagner, and many more. So Jeline, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Ken. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your background, how you got into this. Um, Obviously, you know, you're a ski racer all through college, you're on the US ski team. Tell us that. But then how did Z-Girls sort of, you know, form? Because it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in Seattle, um, which ski racing, it's not a huge sport there. (laughs) It's not an East (laughs) Coast, like where every ski area has a ski race. New Hampshire. (laughs) So, uh, but quite honestly, the reason I got into ski racing, I have two older brothers and my parents love to ski. And so they put us in a ski program here in Seattle, um, quite honestly, to have their own time on the mountain. So they're like, hey, you go to this ski racing thing and we're going to (laughs) go ski by ourselves. What they didn't expect is that all four of their kids would become like really competitive ski racers. Uh, my brother made the US ski team, I made the US ski team. Um, and so we all took it very seriously and really ended up loving it. I also played soccer growing up, um, but obviously made the decision to go to school for ski racing. I actually moved to the East Coast, to Vermont, went to UVM, loved it, loved the East Coast. Um, and then made the US ski team from college. So I actually made it after my sophomore year. I took off a year to go ski and then finished my junior, senior year back at UVM. So when I retired, I moved back to Seattle, 2009. So not the best time to get a job. Uh, so, you know, as any athlete looks at their life and says, okay, wait, I've been investing 20 plus years in this sport. What do I do now? <laughs> Uh, I went into sales. So everyone's like, you're like an every athlete. good athlete. First you job get pushed around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not just any sales. I went into selling copiers. Oh yeah. So they were like, okay, you know, you're going to go, you know what? It was good. I went through all this training for like selling Xerox copiers and started cold calling like every CFO I could, um, in the territory they gave me. And it, you know, it built my resilience and it was a good base uh, as a job. And then after that, I went into IT recruiting. So, and I actually really loved that you joined job. the dark side. Right? No, I actually, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was relationship building. It was a little bit of sales. Uh, it was a new challenge. I had to learn, you know, a new industry. 
And that is where I was when I started Z Girls. So I was doing that and I was ski coaching back at my home mountain in Seattle um, on the side on the weekends. And up on the mountain, I was coaching both girls and boys. And I would tell them both to do the same thing. So we'd be standing at the top of the course and I would say, hey, you know, go down and work on this. And I noticed that I would tell the boys it, but I would tell the girls the same thing. And they would say, I can't, I can't do that. I don't have what it takes. You know, my body doesn't do that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. You're 11. You haven't even tried. Why are you, why are you saying these negative things about yourself? And, um, it kind of clicked that that is the age that it starts the negative self-talk. It's, it's what they tell themselves. And I think I saw myself in my twenties in these little 11 year old girls. I was like, Oh, is this where it starts? And then it just grows. It's like a snowball. It just grows and grows. And then here I was 20 years old on the U S ski team telling myself I suck. I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. And I just, I mentally crumbled if I'm totally honest. So that is my very, very long story um, that kind of said, okay, you know, there's a problem here at 11 years old that girls are talking negatively to themselves. Let's solve this. Um, and we couldn't find a program that already existed. So we made it. And that's what started Z Girls. That is awesome. No, and you know, many of the listeners know I have an 11 year old girl and a 15 year old girl, right? And it's just, it's unbelievable of, you know, a lot like what you say, you know, you watch the guys just go out and, and hammer it and they're all the other girls are tentative or they're, they're more worried about what they look like to the other girls versus actually doing what they need to be doing. And it's one thing I was actually had this discussion with my daughter the other day. I'm like, do you think Michaela Schifrin really cares what anyone's thinking about her when she's squatting or lifting? Like, no, she doesn't, she doesn't care at all. So why do you care about working out in the gym in the garage that no one can see you anyways? I'm like, yeah, try it, but it's it's there and it's, and you know, hurdles. Totally. And I think a big piece of that is it's confidence, right? But one of the things that's interesting is if you had seen me when I was, 14, 15, 16 years old, you would have said that I was the most confident person in the world, right? Because I, you know, I carried myself with confidence, but inside I wasn't telling myself those really positive, encouraging things. So I guess I say that to say, you know, that Michaela Schifrin works on this stuff too. She works to build her confidence, right? right? Just like she's working on her technical skills, just like she's working on her technique. She is working on her mindset and, and being confident because it, it affects everything. So we wanted to give girls at a young age, the tools to do that, because it's not just snap your fingers and be confident. And you're not always going to win to build confidence, right? Cause like, yeah, winning does help you build confidence, but it's so much more complicated than that. Um, so we're trying to deconstruct that and really just like give girls those tools, those techniques, um, so they can be the Michaela Schifrin of confidence, <laughs> right? What is it? Schifrin always be faster than the boys, right? You know, that's, <laughs> the, uh, that's what my kids have. They watch, they watch that commercial all the time. It, it's, it's great. But talk to us. So, so the Z girls thing, talk to us about, you know, the camp. And then we're going to talk about what happened here versus, you know, during this whole COVID thing and how you shift. Oh yeah. Tell us originally <laughs> about the in-person camps, because those are fascinating, number one, and what you would accomplish that, but then we'll talk about sort of the evolution of what's happening. 
Totally. Oh my gosh. We're, we're living in a different world right now. Um, but you know, rewind back eight months, a year, and uh, we have a couple of different kind of programs that we do. So the first is, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of ski racers, athletes that are listening. Um, we do camps in person where, you know, we serve anywhere from 100 to maybe 125 girls at a time. And uh, a professional athlete comes and uh, is a part of that two-day experience. So Lindsay Vaughn, we've done a few camps with her. And um, so we all get together in a location. We've done one in New York. We've had one in LA. Denver, um, and girls show up in all sports, right? It doesn't have to be a bunch of ski racers. And um, it's two days of all mental confidence building skills. So we'll learn a different technique and skill, and then we'll play a game. They'll ask a bunch of questions of the athlete that's hosting. Really get played in human she is, that superhero in whatever sport she plays, but she navigates and deals with a lot of the insecurities that these little girls deal with. So, um, and then the girls get to meet each other and they get to build this sisterhood of connection because, um, you know, it's life is not a journey we should be doing alone. So, you know, connecting those girls with other like-minded girls is a incredible benefit of the program as well. So we do those one to two day camps with professional athletes. And then we also have a summer camp. So we do an adventure camp. It used to be in Hood River. And then we just moved to a place called Leavenworth in Washington. Um, and it's uh, rock climbing. The prison, river Leavenworth, the prison. <laughs> no, not the prison. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> they, they get to choose to come there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's like rock climbing, river rafting, mountain biking. Um, and so we love that camp because they learn a mental skill and then they go put it to work right away. So if you're learning, you know, positive self-talk and then you go onto a rock wall where you are bound to fail and that's super fun, right? Cause you're navigating this wall thinking I can't get past this spot. And then we get to work with the mindset you're, you're in that fear. So yeah, those are the two camps we used to have before uh, lovely COVID. Which is amazing. So you know, uh, we know a bunch of people, right? That, you know, in similarity, but then you went on and pulled off sort of the impossible. Well, you didn't pull off the impossible. You had, you for, you had forced change and brought it online and, and talk to us about that transition because so many people are scared of that transition, right? Of what do I do next or how do I do that? And, you know, talk to us about making that transition and it's sort of forced you to do something earlier than you thought, but it ends up, you know, tell us the end result. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it could be the athletes in us, right? Like, okay, we got to adapt. We got to change. We got to evolve. And the world did this. Um, and so we're going to evolve with it. And, you know, COVID has been terrible in so many regards across the globe. And we really looked at our programs that are in-person programs and said, okay, what makes these so special? And that's what we need to keep. So what makes them so special? The skills we teach the athletes that come and give their time and their expertise and their knowledge and connecting the girls with each other and with the athletes. And so those three elements were like, okay, we got to bring that online. And so we did, we launched a program in, I think it was eight, late April uh, was our very first one. And we're like, we're going to do this. So um, we show up online once a week and the girls show up and, and, uh, 
we meet for, it started as 30 minutes, but it's actually now expanded to an hour because the girls wanted more. And um, so it's a six week program. The girls show up and each week we address a different topic. We teach a different skill and then we invite a different professional athlete to come. And it's actually gotten to the point where you now have two professional athletes come every week because these athletes are stuck at home too. Um, you know, we have a bunch of 2020 Olympians that were supposed to be competing last month in the Olympics and they're at home, you know, working out with weights from their house. One of the Olympians, Andrea Gubel, she's a, um, a track athlete. She was like, yeah, the other day I went and grabbed a gallon jug out of my fridge to do weightlifting. She's like, I don't have a home gym, so I had to make it. Um, so, you know, it's just bringing, I guess, a sense of humor and, and life to this situation that we all are in. And it's really, um, it's been quite amazing to see the community that's built because I will tell you, I was the, the last one to think that we would ever be an online program. And uh, now I'm just seeing how many amazing things that it's, it's created for this community. We're serving girls all across the country. You know, before it was like, okay, you know, we're just going to this one location. Um, you know, we'll ha only have girls in New York or only have girls in Seattle. But now girls sign in across the country and they've created this sisterhood um, that has just been beautiful to see. And that's super cool, right? You know, and I think what's awesome about all this stuff, as much as we're further apart, I think a lot of people are growing closer together as well because we're all in this we're all in this together and connecting via like you and I are connecting right now, or you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the girls don't want to see each other yet. And then all of a sudden they do want to start seeing each other. And it's, there's an evolution of this. And I think the learning experience is going to become huge. And I think for our kids, you know, I'm 47 and I remember, you know, I'm in the, still in the recruiting business. I never left the dark side like you did, but, uh, I was doing stuff. What, what's interesting is that Europe and Asia have been doing video stuff way before us. They were way more comfortable doing it. I was interviewing people all over the world via Skype. Now it's like, what is Skype? No one even knows what Skype is anymore. They, they, but anyways, so what they would do is um, it was very easy to talk to. And then you do executives in the US via video and they were awkward. They had no idea how to do it. They didn't know what they should wear, not wear, how they should act, how they should look at the camera, everything else. This is teaching kids a whole new world of resiliency and learning, right? And I think that's something that you've jumped onto and it's awesome, and especially with, you know, with girls as, as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look at us, right? Like right. we're here meeting, you're on the East coast, I'm on the West coast. And we're able to connect. And I just think it's created this new world, even working from home, right? I just got off a call a little bit ago where all of us are calling in from our homes. And it's so normal now to see a background, people walking around, like you don't have to make it look like you're in an office anymore because this, this new world is the beginning of so much more. I mean, we're all trying to make do with the software we have, but I think in the next couple months to a year, we'll see some software and platforms, you know, arise that are game changers because we really are going to have to up our game in terms of online experience. 
um, you know, you were saying that before we were talking about uh, how the girls show up. So in the, in the platform that we currently use for our programs, the girls get to chat on the side and then up on stage is myself, my coworker, and then um, the professional athletes that come and, and, you know, give their time and, and their knowledge. And so the girls love that they get to chat. They get to see us up on stage, but they don't have to be up on stage. And they love being able to chat with each other. So right now, that's the platform that we use to engage. But who knows where this is going to go? And I, I challenge myself and our team to keep evolving and, and changing as, you know, I mean, the girls are going to go back to school in what, a, a little bit? And who, what's that going to look like? for the next couple of months to a year. And we're, will virtual learning become a thing um, from here on out? Who knows? Um, but it's just, it's interesting to kind of watch and then try things, see what works, see what doesn't work and then evolve from there. Well, and that's it, right? And you have, and for the people listening right now, who've ever questioned doing this stuff, it's you have opportunity right now to do stuff that you never thought possible. And number one, number two, if it sucks, no one cares. But if it's great, you have opportunity to, to capitalize on it. It's, you know, and that's a lot of the things. And I think that's probably what a lot of the stuff you're teaching to your, you know, to the girls is, is resiliency and thinking outside the box. Talk to us about, you know, of dealing with 11 to 15 year olds and, and dealing with during this tough time, right? You know, of having no friends and sports are on hold or not on hold or whatever day it is, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they are on hold, but Tuesday and Thursday, they're not. Right. So talk to us a bit about, you know, some of the things you're talking to the kids about resiliency and coaching and pushing through this tough time. Yeah. I mean, every, every week we teach a different skill and afterward the girls get to ask questions of the athletes. And there's always the same question, like, how are you dealing with COVID? How are you dealing with isolation? How are you training? How are you um, keeping your mindset strong when you can't be doing your sport? Like, how are you connecting with your friends? The girls are all experiencing the same pay points that so many of us adults are feeling too, right? So like, we really try to address those and also create this sense of like, you're not alone. We all have down days. And we remind them all the time, like, it's okay to experience negative emotions. You're a human being. It is part of being human. You know, the, the people that you look up to, those athletes, Michaela Schifrin being an example, you know, Subert, they're going to have down days too. Don't think that they are superhuman and are immune to having those negative thoughts. So it's just what you do with those negative thoughts and how you navigate through those tough times that we all are living in right now. And what's kind of cool about, I hate using the word cool in front of COVID, but what's cool about this situation is it has created a sense of everyone's experiencing the same. And so there's this sense of connection in that, right? So like we all have something that we can identify is really crappy and we can move through that together. So it's kind of creating this larger team, right? Because we always have like sports analogies, but it's creating this larger team that we can all bond together regarding this and move through it and work through it together. Um, so yeah, I mean, the things we're hearing from the girls is the, you know, those sort of things of, I feel alone, this is hard. How do I navigate through this? And it all does come back to that resilience, right? So I, I would imagine there's a lot of people listening that, you know, are trying to figure out how to make their businesses work or, 
you know, how to, how to navigate through this unprecedented time. And I guess my thing is like, just try, don't feel like you have to be an expert or get it a hundred percent before you even give it a shot. Um, because I think as athletes, that's kind of what we think sometimes is like, nope, I gotta, I gotta become an expert in this. I gotta, you know, figure it all out a hundred percent before I hit the slopes, before I go onto the court. And, uh, I just think the ones that make it are the ones that say, Hey, I'm going to try. And if I, if I fail, okay, I'll learn from it. What's Mike Tyson say? Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and it's so true because all of a sudden the plan is gone and it's like, okay, what, what am I going to do next? And I talk to business people all the time and they're like, yeah, I've got this plan. I've got all these customers I'm going to call on. I've got a list of 300 people. And then I ask them, so what are you going to do on Wednesday? You started the job on Monday and Tuesday, but Wednesday your list is done. What are you going to, you know, how are you going to be different? How are you going to think differently? And this right now is really exposing that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, you know, a lot of listeners believe, you know, kids, both boys and girls, what advice are you giving, you know, or, or that you're hearing from the athletes that you're interviewing about the isolation piece or how are some of the, you know, the high level athletes dealing with it? Like you're saying, you know, they're, they've got their home gyms and doing what they're doing, but talk to us a bit about how they're dealing with that isolationism or the lack of, I don't know, the lack of everything, right? I guess is really what it is. And, and I'm sure you've heard, you know, believe me, I've heard all different angles, but I'd love to hear what you're, you know, what you're hearing out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on the athlete that's speaking, but I'll tell you what, like every single one of them is trying to figure this out. Right. So like there's some retired athletes that their, their, um, income was based on in-person events. Right. So that's all gone now. So now they're trying to innovate and say, okay, what can I do? You know, I'm going to show up online. I'm going to, you know, offer classes and expertise online. Um, and then the ones that are still competing are going back to their goals, right? So some of those athletes who thought they were going to be competing in on the world stage this summer in the Olympics, that's not happening. So they're going to revisit their goals and say, okay, so now my finish line is 2021. So I have to go back to my training plan, figure out what I'm going to do and put together a plan. And so they share sort of like their experience with goal setting, with coming up with a step-by-step plan for what they can do each day. Instead of thinking three months out, four months out, five months out, what, you know, how am I going to get there? No, I'm just, what can I do today to work on my body, work on my mind, inch my way closer to that goal? Because the problem is there's so many unknown variables right now. We don't know what the world's going to look like in three months, in five months, in six months. And so trying to figure out what you're going to do with a moving target, you know? And so I think sharing that with the girls and saying, I'm in this too. You look at me and you think I have it all together. And I'm just trying to take this day by day. I'm going to go do my workout. I'm going to work on my mind. And then I'm going to show up tomorrow and do the same thing because I know that, you know, I want to be my best in the summer of 2021 or, you know, the upcoming season, whenever that may be. Um, so, you know, I think the vulnerability and honesty that they're sharing with these girls is so refreshing. 
um, because no one wants to hear how easy it is for everyone else and it's struggle for you. <laughs> it's a struggle <laughs> for all of us right now. Right. So, yeah. And I can only imagine, imagine thinking, all right, the Olympics are going to be done in August of 2020, right? And you've got your mindset going into that. And you're sort of like building your life among after that world. And all of a sudden it's pushed off a year. Talk about a confused state to be in. It's like they had a finish line in sight. Now all of a sudden that's pushed off a year. I, I can only imagine. And I think it's going to break some people, but then it's going to make some people even greater. I was talking to a girl yesterday who is, you know, qualified. I believe she qualified or not, you know, for a track, you know, track and field events. And she's like, uh, what do I do now? Right. And it's like, where do I go? And she's doing that exact same thing you're talking about. And now it's day to day. How can I get myself stronger than I even thought before? And now I can actually shift my goals because instead of just being a participant, how can I actually win? You know, at this point, I've got another year to figure out how to win because mentally this is going to take out so many other people, which is, you know, a different mindset than a lot of people that are like, oh shit, you know, I was, I was good to go till August one or, you know, after my hundred meter run and, you know, Tuesday at three thirty on July 25th, I was done having beers and that I was moving on to my life. And all of a sudden that's gone. Yeah. It is so, so, so challenging. I, I do. I think about these athletes that have worked their entire life for something, right? Like we can all relate to that. Like, you know, I, I'm not competing anymore, but my, my sport quote unquote is Z girls. Right. So like I work, work, work for, I'll tell you what, we put together an entire 2020 plan. We were going to have four different in-person camps this fall. We had all these athletes lined up. We're going to have like 200 girls at each event. That all is gone, like not happening. So it was like, okay, uh, that sucks. Um, now what? And so, you know, it's just, it is, it is a trained resilience and a, and a mindset of, okay, this is the reality. I'm going to accept what this is and, and move forward anyway. Right. So like, this is challenging. This is tough. I'm going to rally with my team and we're going to figure this out. And I think that's the beauty of what sports is sort of the lens to teach young people, whether it's girls or boys to use in their life, because, you know, everyone here listening is an athlete of some kind, you know, we've all learned it in our sports and we take it to wherever else we go in life. And it's that resilience, that mentality that I hope that we can all continue to bring and, and rally around each other and remind each other. Cause like, you know, I'll be honest, I don't always have that positive, great outlook, but I have a team that's going to remind me, okay, no, this is our end goal. Like we got this. <laughs> on those days that it sucks. Right. Um, so yeah, this is, it's a struggle. I'll, right. I'll tell you what. Well, and, and I was talking to someone who is, who's an Iron Man in about some Iron Man in like Placid or something. And they were talking about his coach said to him, he's like, this is going to be the worst event your entire life. There's points of it. You're going to hate it. You're going to want to cry everything else. But then he said, it's going to be the best event in your time, your life, because there's points in the race of the best parts of your entire life that you're never going to relive again and the people you're going to meet and everything else. And that, and that's so true right now, right? It's 
the the ability to connect with people you never had the opportunity to you know connecting with like you were saying with the athletes or at home or business people that are out there and it's just opportunity to say hey take advantage of it number one and number two don't be afraid to ask for help because people right now all that you know they just want to help each other and then hopefully down the road it's you know it's good for everyone but it's like here's opportunity to help people so i love what you're doing and it's great stuff so keep up the good work yeah thanks when i hear that about the iron man i like i so i was a ski racer growing up obviously and ski racing is quick right you have like a minute max two minutes on the course and when i retired i took up running i started taking up um running half marathons and i just did the boston marathon last year and i absolutely loved the mentality of sitting in my thoughts for three hours you know and i i think about that with iron man runners too and i love the lesson that teaches for life like sitting in the discomfort and the uncomfortable because you know you're gonna get to the finish, right? Mm -hmm. And letting it be uncomfortable. And so I try to carry that mentality also into like business and into anything I'm doing, which is like, it's okay if it's uncomfortable. It's okay if you're sitting in that, it's gonna be temporary and you're gonna get there. You just gotta, you gotta know where you're headed to and, and sit in that. So I don't know, I just thought of that when you were sharing about the Ironman runner. I was like, oh, it's such a great metaphor for you want to we want to have some fun i don't know if you've you've seen this it's uh the eco challenge on amazon go watch that it's it's unbelievable it's like a bunch of the guys i've raced with doing adventure racing and stuff like that and, it, and people are talking about that and their thoughts and going deep and it's you know what it's in this thing like 11 days long seven to 11 days long so it's, what oh yeah so it's a uh, I love it. it's in Fiji. Go yeah, Google it. Ego challenge. And I've done you know a lot of listeners know I've done a bunch of adventure racing, multi day stuff. And it again, you go through highs and lows, and you know, and the the cool thing is you have to stay together as a team. You have to have four people, um, one of the opposite sex. You can't be more than like a hundred meters apart at any given time or whatever, right? So it's everyone sort of has their role, but then the role breaks down and shit hits the fan and not everyone's rosy happy. There's always someone miserable, but you, you have people to lean on and sort of carry you through that. And that's, I think that's what you have to do in business right now too. But yeah, have some fun, go, go watch it. And when you have some time, it's on Amazon. It just came out. It's uh, eco. What'd you call it? Eco challenge. Eco challenge. Okay. So, but Anyways, we're up, we're coming up on a half an hour quickly. We could go keep going forever, but tell us where people can find out more about Z girls, find out more about you so they can reach out and and connect. I know a lot of people, you know, guys are like me or moms and dads that are listening that have kids and, you know, in those ages that can check. Yeah. So zgirls.org um zgirls.org and then at go zgirls on all social media platforms those are the two best places to go um and you know i'm super excited about what we have coming up we we really have evolved and changed and i think it's more accessible to any we've turned we've made lemonade out of lemons and this is making it possible for us to serve hundreds of more girls than we ever have before so you know yeah zgirls.org sign up for the upcoming program that we have. We have one coming up in the fall and um, yeah, just thanks so much for having me on here. It's been a, it's been so fun to talk to you. No, it's been a blast. And anyone who's got questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to me at kenandexecutiveathletes.com. I can get you in touch with Jillian if you need to, if you can't find it on their website, but it's not a hard domain name to really find. So again, this was awesome. 
Um, you're awesome. What you're doing is, is amazing. So keep up the good work. And for anyone listening, we're still in the, uh, the height of COVID here and hopefully we're coming out of it, but who knows? I don't know if we're ever going to come out of it, if it's a new normal or next normal or anything else, but just go out there and keep moving forward one step in front of the time. Thanks for listening.